the person goes, it's a, hard, it's a hard week to figure out where to start after the week we just had. So they're referring to all the things that happened during the course of the week. And as of Friday night, there were still things waiting to happen. And so they were talking about the government shutdown. They were talking about the changes in the White House staff. They were talking about the stock market. All these kind of things were going on. None of it was good. You know, it wasn't like they were like going, there were so many great things that happened this week, we don't know where to begin. That wasn't what they were saying. But the fact of the matter is, is that there were great things that have happened. There is good news that it happened. For instance, did you hear about the elderly Welsh man that passed away recently? His health had been failing for some time before he had passed away. And when his children came to clean up their house, they were going through his stuff, and they discovered that the father had purchased gifts for the little girl next door for the next 14 years. He had purchased Christmas gifts for the little girl next door. And that was the text that the guy sent out. He goes, our elderly neighbor passed away recently. His daughter popped around a few moments ago, clutching a large plastic sack. And in the sack were all the Christmas gifts he had bought for our daughter for the next 13 years. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, NPR doesn't talk about that. Earlier this month, there were high school students. High school students, they got good news out on the West Coast, out in Seattle. If you were here in Newtown, Bucks County, you didn't get this news. Sorry about that. But this was good news for high school students out on the West Coast in Seattle. School district there decided that they're going to start school one hour later and that those students have an extra hour of sleep. Wouldn't that be good news if you're a high school student, if you'd get that kind of news, right? Yeah. So there's another one. Um, uh, in a little community not far from where I grew up, a cotton farmer was struggling with cancer, and his immune system was so depleted that the, his doctor says, you cannot go back into the field. It just, you're going to die if you do. So all the farmers in the community went out and began to strip his cotton. He has 450 acres. It took that group of guys five hours to do a job it would have taken him weeks to do. They came back in with a a harvest of about 1,200 bales, and it represented $420,000 for that man. Now, all that went back into seed in the government, but nonetheless, (laughs) you know. And then finally, did you hear about the 88-year-old lady living in an assisted living unit? The poor lady had given birth to one child. And when the child was born, the doctors told her that the child had died. She was 18 years old, and they told her the child had died. So here she is at 88 years old, only have ever given birth to one child. When she gets a phone call, a note that says, I am your daughter. The lady there in your picture, the younger one, the lady there in your picture got a DNA kit for Christmas and began to do the research and began to go, wait a minute, it says I have people alive that I don't know. And researched and found that her mother was alive. So after 69 years of being apart, they were reunited for the very first time. Isn't that great news? Yeah. You know, we've been talking about things that we want to ponder here in the Christmas season. Things we want to ponder here in the Christmas season. Today, I'd like for us to ponder good news. Good news. In our text in Luke 2, when you read the text there, um, you know, the, the angels came to the shepherds and they said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
Here's this text. Here's this good news that the angels come and they announce to this band of shepherds. We really don't know how many there were. We really don't know much about that scene. It says that there was a host of angels who came and made this announcement. But they came and they say, we're bringing you good news. And the news was not about getting to sleep in late or having the neighbors harvest your crops or, you know, tomorrow morning, all your sheep, they're going to be here. You're not going to have to worry about them. Someone else is taking care of them. It wasn't good news like that at all. It was about a savior. The word used in the text, the word used in the text for savior, for good news, is euangelizo, euangelizo. And it literally means good news. It also means gospel. So the word gospel is just another word for good news. They come and they say, we have good news for you. But let me just ask you a question. When, there's the angels, that's the angels. This was an actual picture taken that night. (laughs) So when is good news not good news. When is good news not good news? Think about it for a minute. What about this? Here's an example maybe of when good news is not good news. How about when the Allies won World War II? It was great news for the Allies. It was bad news for the Axis powers, right? Here's one you'll relate to. Think about when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That was great news for the Eagles. It was bad news for the Patriots, although no one really cares how they feel, all right? I said that in the love of Jesus. So in some cases, good news might actually be good news, even though it's not accepted as good news even though it might not be good news to some people. So when Jesus appeared on the scene as a young man and ever so slightly announced himself to the Messiah, the people of Israel didn't consider him as being good news. You know, considering what they were living under, considering that they were suffering under the oppression of the Roman government, and on top of the Roman government and the oppression of the Roman government, and the way that they slowly tried to suck the life out of a culture, they had Herod the Great as the puppet ruler there in Jerusalem. Herod the Great, he was a guy with some notoriety in the sense that he killed his own sons because he was afraid they would come up and try and take his kingdom away from him. And not only that, but then he also, right after the story of the nativity, murdered every single child under two years old because he was also afraid they might grow up to claim the throne as well. Not a nice guy, not afraid to murder or kill anyone and everyone. The story was that he gave orders that the leading citizens of Jerusalem should be rounded up on the day he died and murdered. Because when he died, he wanted someone to cry. And he knew it wouldn't be over him. So this is the man that's ruling over them at the time there in Jerusalem. So any good news to the nation of Israel would have been in the form of a freedom fighter in the form of a rebel leader who would call the people to overthrow Augustus and Herod. And when Jesus kind of walked out of nowhere, 
and proclaimed himself the Messiah, not many, if any, were very excited about it. That wasn't the good news they were looking for. He was only a man from Nazareth, you know, a place of no reputation. He was a rabbi, but he was not from the famous or the more educated or the more noted line of rabbis. His only followers were a hodgepodge of very, very common men, none of them of any reputation, none of them mercenaries, none of them fighters. And ultimately, this Messiah that came along found himself crucified with common criminals and Israel still under the dominion of a foreign government. What was announced as good news wasn't the good news they were looking for. It wasn't good news to them. At least not what they thought they wanted as good news. The gospel is not good news because of one thinks what it is. It is good news no matter what one's opinion of it is. When it's 32 degrees outside, it's freezing whether you want to walk around in shorts in it or not. It is still freezing. You're not going to say, no, it's not freezing out there. Yes, that's the point of freezing, you know, 32 degrees. Regardless whether you want to agree with that or not, it is still freezing. But I'd like to suggest that there's another time when good news is not good news. And that's when the good news is never delivered. There are stories, many stories, about Japanese soldiers after World War II who had been working in the mountains, especially in the Philippines. At the end of World War II, you know, they were told when they were stationed there, you will not surrender under any circumstances unless it is at the order of a superior officer. Now, this story doesn't quite apply, but it's kind of the gist of where I'm going. What happened was these Japanese soldiers stayed in the mountains, and the last one came down in 1974 when finally a superior officer flew in from Japan and said, you are relieved of duty. Now, but just imagine this. He had been told the war was over, but he would not leave until a superior officer came and relieved him, so he didn't quite apply. But imagine this. Imagine if that soldier had stayed up in the mountains and never been told that the war was over. And he just stayed up there and continued to conduct guerrilla warfare on the villages around him because no one had ever told him the war was over. His life remained in peril for all those years. He was separated from family for all those years. Matter of fact, his life was on hold. In this particular case, this gentleman had gone in at 18 years old. There was no family at home he was separated from because he had never started a family. So imagine in that case if he had never been told the war was over. He was still up there fighting a battle that was not to be fought. In John Krakauer's book, Into the Wild, the book is great, by the way, he tells the story of Christopher McCandless, a young man that wants to live off the land and experience life at his fullness. But his adventure turns dangerous as he runs low on food. And he begins to eat the seeds of a wild potato. The good news, or the news that Christopher McCandless needed to know, were that those seeds had a neurotoxin in him that would leave his legs paralyzed. And Christopher eventually starved to death. Not because he didn't have food, but because he couldn't get to the food. 
The good news he didn't have was the news about those seeds. Good news that is never delivered or is unknown is not good news for those who never receive it. Do you get that? The good news delivered by the angels was that mankind finally had a way to receive forgiveness for their sins and be reconciled with God and to be able to be in a relationship with him and one day to be living in heaven with him. That was the good news that the angels brought. That is the great news. That's the gospel, that Jesus came to save people from their sin. But church, when good news is not delivered, it's not good news at all. I'm concerned that we, as agents of the good news, do not take seriously enough the job of announcing the good news to those that need to hear it. I'm concerned that we are not convinced that the birth of of Jesus, that God in the form of man, sent to redeem us from our sin and to pay a price for our sacrifice, I'm concerned that we're not convinced that that is good news. I'm afraid that what God thought was so incredibly special, so unique that it had to happen, that it never, would, it never happened before and it will never happen again, I'm concerned that we're not in awe of that news. I'm concerned that if we'd been on that little hillside with our little baby lambs all around us and the angel just showed up and announced the good news, we would have went, huh, I've got a TV show to watch. When left to myself, when I try and figure out how to say things often, they come out and, and I don't think about it enough. <laughs> and you see me do this, so um, things come out harsh and unkind. And I have to work most of the time to be thoughtful and encouraging and to use my words well. So as I've considered my words this morning, I've wrestled with how to say them appropriately. So I hope that I do them without being harsh or unkind. Perhaps an overused analogy might work for me today like this. Next Saturday afternoon... I will conduct my 36th wedding. It'll be for my Betty Jo's niece and her fiancé. And, um, and over the years, I've watched many young men, mostly young men, young women sometimes, mostly young men. They're the fools, you know what I mean? I've watched them as they've demonstrated their love for their future bride but with their undivided attention. It's kind of like he finds out that she likes chocolate, so he buys the Hershey Company. He finds out that she likes roses, so he sends them every week. He finds out that she hates football, and he asks for an extra counseling session. (laughs) But he does give in eventually. He loses all his guy friends because he doesn't have time for them. He's broke because he spends every last dollar on here. This dude is ate up for this woman. Now, while my little story is a little bit overkill... And no relationship like that is healthy. At least it's not healthy unless you're in love like that with Jesus. Then it's healthy. Then it's the right way to live and to love. When the shepherds learned of the Christ child, they immediately went and looked for him. Luke 2.16 says that they came in haste 
That means they were in a hurry. They had heard good news. They had heard something was important. They went looking for the baby. They knew that the, the good news that they just heard, they felt like it must be the best news that had just been shared with them, and they wanted to see it, see it for themselves. The text goes on in verse 17 and 18, and it says that they made known that they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which had been told them by the shepherds. There are a couple of things about this passage to take note. Number one, they made known the statement. The text says they heard there was good news, and in essence they went and told other people about the good news. And the people who heard about it paid attention, and they wondered at the things they had heard. When was the last time you made known the statement? When was the last time you told someone about your faith or about Jesus? I fear that we might be more like the innkeepers than the shepherds. That one had no room for the Lord and the other one couldn't stop talking about him. Another way to try and convey the idea is uh, been in the news a lot lately. They're called porch pirates, right? People stealing packages off the front porches. You've heard about that. But this is the thing about those, about those packages. At least the package got delivered. In this case, you know, the UPS guy or whoever it was, it, when he, he delivered the package... And then after that, if it got stolen, that was another thing. But at least he delivered the package. And as I've used this analogy from Randy Alcorn so many times because it just works so well, and I think in images, and I think some of us do as well, it's that all of us have been given this job to deliver a package. And yet you've not done your job if you've kept the package in the truck for yourself and gone home at the end of the day. You know, Grant is a runner for UPS, in, this, in the Christmas time. And so all his job is, his only job is, the driver says, this package, that door. And Grant, and that's a great job for my son. Right, Grant, wherever you are? That's a great job for him. He just delivers the package. But Grant would be fired if he said, uh, I'm not going to do it, and he threw it in the bush. If he says, I'm not going to deliver that one, and he threw it in the back of the truck. They'd say, you're not doing your job. Like, we can find somebody else to to run packages. It's not a hard job. But if you choose not to to deliver them, if you choose to keep them for yourselves, then the very thing you've been tasked with, you're not doing. Last week, I talked about the Christmas gift that was under the tree, and that it was well-labeled. It was clearly identified who it was for, but it was never picked up. That the recipient would walk by it day after day, just ignoring it. In light of our talk today, praise God it was delivered and it is under the tree. What would happen if it was never delivered? I, I fear that some of us perhaps are lacking of power in our Christian life because we've not talked to others about Jesus because there is something that is invigorating about it. I believe that there's a lack of joy for some of us and excitement because we've never told anyone else about the good news and never made the statement known. I fear that we lack an urgency about, I fear that we lack an expectation about looking for the next opportunity. Or, worse yet, being given the opportunity 
and saying, I'm too busy. Now, even as I say all of that, I apologize to some of you who are earnest about this. There are some of you who are flaming evangelists, and I know that. And, I, and your reward will be great in heaven. And I apologize that you've gotten caught up in this and that if I've demeaned your spiritual walk in any way or I've demeaned your spiritual activity, that's not my intent. There might be some others here today, maybe just one or two, maybe, I'm not sure, who don't think this is important or necessary or that it's not their job. My job is something else. My job is this or that. If that's the case, then I'm sorry that you feel or think that. You've missed the very heart of Christ and his message. And you're keeping packages intended for others. And one day, you will greatly regret having felt that way and conducted yourself that way when you arrive in heaven. And I have to only say, in that case, the good news must not be very good news to you. Now let me close with this comment before someone makes a wrong assumption here. I, too, fumble over my words on a regular basis when I get into these conversations. But there are other times when I open my mouth and I'll walk away and I'll think, who just talked? Because it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit in me speaking through me. And you've probably experienced that as well. I, too, willfully disobey at times. I was, I've been giving out the, the invitations for Christmas Eve, and so I gave some out to some people recently, and all of them you know, said, hey, thanks a lot, and looked at it and all. One person said, just, no, thank you. Didn't bother me at all. But then there was another person right after that, and I just thought, you should give the one to them, too. And typically, when that happens in my head, I know that's what I should do, and I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. I went on about my business. So I, too, get caught up in that. I, too, find that my life lets all the meaningless aspects of it, that sports or TV or music or the Internet or naps or my comfort, all of those things grow in my life and they cloud my vision of the grandeur and the beauty of the gospel and the good news just becomes a headline. And nothing very impactful. So I don't put myself out there as perfect in this area in any way at all. Instead, I have preached this sermon to myself long before I preached it to you. The good news of the gospel is good news for all people. May it never be that we failed in delivering that news as often as we could. And yet, I thank God for his unending forgiveness and patience with us. That guilt and shame over things we should do or shouldn't do does not have to last and linger. That we are forgiven for that and we move forward. And that he is committed through the power of his Holy Spirit and through the power of his word to complete the task of us growing in Christ and coming into full maturity in him. He is committed to that in us. 
And so, as we ponder the good news of these angels' announcement that Jesus has come, my prayer is that God's good news would truly capture our hearts and transform us beyond what we've ever thought we could be like. That he would change us in ways we never dreamed possible. Let's pray.